Well, hello again, Coco lovers. Corinne and Corinne here, and this is the Hot Coco Show. How's it going today, Co? It's going great. I feel great today. How do you feel? You know, we talked about P. Diddy last week, and I realized that I didn't talk about something that I had planned to talk about, and it is this. When you get older, all of a sudden, P starts coming out unexpectedly sometimes. You laugh a little too hard, you're going to have a little pee come out. (laughs) (laughs) And it's unfortunate. I peed my pants the other day when I sneezed too hard and then I started coughing a little and legit peed my pants too much and had to change my pants. And then what happens is you start meeting other women who have breached this milestone in their life. Oh my God. And you're all on the same page. You're like, oh, a little bit of pee. I was in Fresh Market the other day and I had just paid and I'm about to get in my car and I have like a 20 minute drive. And I asked the the cashier, is there a bathroom in here? She's like, yeah, it's right over there. Do you want to leave your stuff here? She's like, I know how that is. Like we gave the knowing nod to each other. Oh my God. You know what? though, I commend you for keeping it real. And I really (laughs) didn't even know that. I thought it was only if you had vaginal birth. Yeah. Right. Your urethra starts getting a little old as well. Everything gets old on your body. Thank you for all this morning glory right now. (laughs) Thank you. I feel bad. I feel bad for Rob. He may get an unintentional golden shower at some point. Oh my God, Jilla. That's your phrase. I got that word from you. I got that from Khloe Kardashian. So I can't really claim. Yeah. All right. So we're giving the little shout outs. Shout out to Khloe. Shout out to Khloe. I have a little celeb news. Last night, I guess we call them Benifer. Yes. Do we know who Benifer is, people? I'm familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer Lopez stepped out for the premiere of Shotgun Wedding last night and looked absolutely incredible. This is by a source, by the way. What's the source? Harper'sBazaar.com. How refined. I'm not feeling this look. Oh, I haven't seen it. Okay, so she's, yeah, pull it up. Everybody pull it up. Jennifer (laughs) Lopez, premiere of Shotgun Wedding. She did an outfit change. So this one was a glitter-covered sheer gown with a giant yellow bow. And- you could see her entire derriere. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. I wish I had the confidence to show my derriere in public. I would do it if I had the confidence. I do not. I don't know if I agree with you. If people feel comfortable wearing stuff like that, I say go for it. It gives us something to talk about. I guess. Wear a wild fashion. You only live once. I don't mind the wild fashion. That's, the, that's uh-huh. not the part that bothers me. I just feel like there's these unrealistic expectations Mm. of aging and puts a lot of pressure on the people that might not look like that. I mean, technically she's still completely covered. She's covered with like a sheath, (laughs) a mesh bedazzled. (laughs) It's bedazzled. I kind of like this look. I will say, however, yellow is not my favorite color in the world, but something that's happened to me as I've aged, I've realized, and this actually kind of ties into a viewer question. Elle wrote in asking about how we've discovered certain things about ourselves. And I've realized as I've gotten older that everyone has different genetics and JLo also has a lot of money. She probably works out two to three hours a day. Her career is doing that. 
So I've realized that not everyone has it like that. I don't have all the money in the world to have plastic surgery. Not saying she's done that. I don't know JLo's plastic surgery history. It's, an, uh, it's just, I feel like sometimes people try a little too hard. I feel it's, it's just my opinion. I don't know. I get a little jelly, to be honest. When I was a kid, a lot like you, I thought I was going to be an actress. And I planned award show outfits and my speeches at the Academy Awards. Wait, I didn't know you. I didn't know this about you. I practiced signing my signature. So if you if I ever signed my signature for you, that was practiced for a very long time. You should definitely utilize that because they have taken that out of the teaching agenda. Yes, I know. Cursive is not being taught anymore. So that makes me very sad. I still write everything by hand. I don't use my phone for anything. That's why people get really upset with me because I barely have my phone in my hand. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I lay in bed before I'm going to sleep and I'm scrolling on Instagram. I'm not a mute to social media. But for the most part, I do not have my phone in my hand all day. I'm doing weird other shit. (laughs) (laughs) And people get really mad because I don't text back. So anyway, I just want to apologize to all my friends and family real quick. Sorry about not texting you back. Corinne knows. (laughs) Yeah, I listen. I unfortunately do not have the pleasure of letting go of my phone. I feel like when you have children, obviously you gotta, you need to know what's going on. I told you. Yeah, but it also brings this stress level and Mm -hmm. I don't know how to manage. Yeah. It's so hard because I'll get like an incoming text, whether it's from the school or from work or whatever it is. And my husband's always like, just give it a minute. And I, I just can't because- If Mm. I give it a minute and I don't answer, you will go down to the bottom of my priority list. And then I'll just straight up forget. So if I don't answer or do something right on the spot and a day goes by two days, seven days, it's gone. So I just, I like to be quick and get my shit done and do what I got to do. There's some weird anxiety for me. I don't know. I don't like texting. I don't like it. Do you know that there is times I dream of just putting my phone away and just not having to look at it for at least 24 hours, but it's nearly impossible. Yeah. This is what we should do. In the summer sometime, we'll rent an RV. There's a lot of places where your phone doesn't even work. That's (laughs) true. (laughs) I love that. So going back to Elle's query, what are some things you've discovered about yourself and how did you discover them? If you follow us on Instagram, it took us a minute to figure out what to write under our bio and it hit us one day. It's like, hey, we talk too much. And I think that that's something that has been really honing in on my brain about how we we do like to talk. We are talkers. I think people that know us would categorize us as people who are not shy and who can talk and talk and talk and talk. And that used to be something that I was, I don't know if shame, ashamed was the right word, but it felt like people give you those little digs like, oh, we know you like to talk or, oh, you're a talker or, mm-hmm. you know, we know you don't mean to talk, but you just talk or whatever comments people have said to me. And I always used to take them negatively. And I would sit there and think to myself, oh, should I be changing this? Should I just shut the fuck up and not talk anymore and just become like a wallflower and blend in with everybody? It's a negative connotation that is given to women a lot of times. You talk too much or you talk too loud. And 
fuck that. Do you think it's a woman thing? Because I've met plenty of men who I feel talk too much as well. I'm, I'm not talking about people that talk too much. Women are told more that they talk too much or that they're annoying or that they're talking too loudly. Oh, yeah. The loud. Yeah. yeah. It's used for keeping women in their place. That's why I like doing things like a podcast because fuck that, we do talk too much and we're going to continue talking too much and we're going to be a little too loud sometimes. If it's annoying to you, don't fucking listen. It's so funny. My husband's cousin was visiting. He was born in Israel and he came out with us one night. He's like, I have a question. I'm like, what? He's like, what's with all the screaming with the groups of ladies when we're out? Like, and we went out and he was pointing it out to me I said you know I never really noticed it before I'm one of the screaming ladies so I guess we're guilty I don't know is it a hype thing it's actually a very American thing I've gone to Israel before and we've been in pictures and I'm Mm -hmm. the only one smiling Mm -hmm. (laughs) so one time I asked one of the the cousins, I was like, can I ask you why you guys don't smile in the pictures? She's like, I mean, we're not fake. And I was like, so I'm oh. being fake now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so weird. I mean, I guess if they were smiling randomly and somebody took a picture, fine. Uh-huh. But when somebody goes to take the picture, it's just like, mm. that's really funny. She's like, all you Americans smile, cheese. Are you even happy in that <laughs> that's picture? That's what we're taught since elementary school. Well, yeah. So she's like, yeah. we're not fake. And I'm like, okay. That's really it's funny. Culture. Yeah, it's a culture thing. Have you ever seen Ladies of London? No, I I didn't watch it. Is it good? I love it because there's American women and then English women. And the English women are always talking about how that's such an American thing to do. Oh, you're so emotional. See, I do a terrible accent. I like it. I was getting there. Sorry, my nose just started running too. Thank goodness I have my tissues on my desk. It's funny. I put tissues on my desk today too, just for you. They're very helpful. I actually use them for a lot of things. You know, you never know. You might spill a little cocoa. You got to clean it up with the tissue. You might pee in your pants. (laughs) (laughs) Had to slide that right in there. That was a low blow. (laughs) (laughs) I also want wanted to say that in between these interesting things we've learned about each other, interesting thing I've learned about myself is I love Jersey Shore and another season six premiere starting this Sunday. I'm very excited about this also. I just, I love them. Oh, I'm I'm so excited. excited. Rob's really excited too. You know, my (laughs) husband also enjoys it. We watched that show together. It's a we good love one. it. It is a good it's one. It's a good one. I know. But when you tell people, are they like, oh, Jersey Shore? I have a very sordid history with the Jersey Shore, actually. First of all, I grew up in New Jersey, not at the Jersey Shore on an Air Force base. So it's a little different. That's why I don't have the Jersey accent. But I grew up going to the Jersey Shore during the summer. We used to go and do all the rides at the boardwalk and play all the games and all that shit. It was a very good good time you can take the girl out of jersey but you can never take the jersey out of the girl the hoops will come out real quick (laughs) i meant to tell this story last time we were talking about our celebrity encounters but i totally forgot about it the jersey shore cast actually knows who i am what 
How do I learn things at the same time as everybody else? (laughs) We have a lot of stories that we've never told each other, which is going to keep the podcast interesting for many episodes to come. How do they know you? So back in the day when I used to make videos for the internet, I was in a parody video of the Jersey Shore for a YouTube channel called Barely Political. They became famous for Obama Girl. She sang the song, I Have a Crush on Obama. Anyway, so they started doing a bunch of parodies, like music parodies. And I played Snooki in the video. It was right after they filmed the first season. And it was their first ever reunion show. They were watching videos on the internet that people had made about them. And they played our video. And when I came on screen, because I was wearing a corset and my boobs were pushed up to high heaven and my hair was in the poof it was really funny but mike said damn snook your boobs look great (laughs) so maybe you can get us the invite for mine and polly d's birthday party extravaganza as possible i'll have my people email his people it was funny every time you post a video i listen to it obviously gotta listen to the merchandise that's being delivered And in the video, I said, oh, I'm going to tell my husband about this. Oh, you're talking about our podcast. I'm talking about our podcast. You said video. It's not video. Oh, my gosh. I keep saying video. I do the same thing. Oh, my gosh. In the episode. Yes. In the episode that you aired, was I being shady about Slim Shady? (laughs) (laughs) Were you being Slim Shady? Possibly. Wait, did you tell him? Did you tell him before the episode came out? No. Oh, shit. (laughs) I like to just, you know. Oh, shit. So you were being Slim Shady. He was laughing. When I hear him laughing at us, I love that. It's exciting. It is. We posted our first little audio clip on Instagram. Was that today? Yeah, today. Uh Uh-huh. And Rob just holds up his phone. He was so excited about it. He's like, did you make this? I made it. I was very proud. He was very excited about it. You could just tell him because I'm a baddie and I know how to do things. He's impressed with our podcast stylings. I love that. You don't know how much that made my day. He does keep saying we do need to do video on the video tip because he thinks that is where it's at. But it's so much harder. Maybe one day we'll get there. Yeah. We're taking baby (laughs) steps. Another interesting thing that we've learned. I have that instant gratification personality. And it's something that Corinne is teaching me how to work on. So I'm only (laughs) teaching you or whatever, if you want to use those words at all, because you have to deal with my extreme opposite way of doing things, which is very slow and deliberate and very detail oriented. And you got to wait it out. There's certain steps you got to take. So we're like yin and yang. And I love that. That's why we're going to make such, and we already do, a great team. If you didn't have that, drive, I probably still would be not posting episodes because I'm also very critical of myself and things that I put out into the universe for people to consume. It's hard for me. It's like an art form. It is. I mean, look, I just learned that Corinne also had dreams of being an actress. Mm -hmm. That was huge on my list. You know, there's still time. There is. You know, that would be really fun. We should do that. We should try to go on some auditions, go on a couple go-sees. Is that what they're called? No, I guess that's modeling. I watched a lot of American 
America's Next Top Model. I'm definitely not a model. Same. Although I did make my mom put me in modeling class. And I remember my mom telling that it it was an acting teacher. She's like, listen, she needs to stand up straight. And it kind of teaches you how to walk and enter a room. If you enter a room and you're standing up tall and proud, the room will gravitate towards you, not even based on your looks. It's really your presence, your energy. If you're like walking into a room and you're feeling not the best and you're hunched over and you're looking down and you're not making eye contact with anybody, that makes a huge difference too. So it was encouraging for this teacher to tell my mom, I want your daughter to learn how to stand up straight and walk into a room. And it was really helpful for auditions because you really do need to separate yourself from the rest. And you might be a great actress. You might do great voice impersonations. You might read lines like a whiz, but if you don't have that. I can't do any of those things, by the way. (laughs) It's really hard. I get so nervous. I have the worst stage fright in the entire world. That's why I've really? never really pursued anything like that. I could do ballet. Ballet was fine because I didn't have to talk on stage. But oh my goodness, I have bombed so hard so many times at karaoke. Karaoke is. I made our roommate. Actually, we all live together. Me, you, and our roommate. And I made her listen to this poem that I had written probably a thousand times. Okay. She let me me practice it I had it down pat fucking word for word note for note all the inflections and I went to this conference they have an open mic but it's 500 people that are at this party this was going to be my big breakout moment I'm going to start performing in front of people because I love to sing and I love spoken word and I'm going to be a spoken word singing poet and I get up on stage I say something first that was not on script I went off script for a second and it threw me off my entire fucking game. And I started the poem and my voice started shaking. And that's when you know you have lost it. My mind goes blank. I cannot remember one fucking word. It's terrifying. I want to melt into the stage. And all I can get out is... I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. Then finally, it like kind of starts coming back and I kind of eke my way through it. It's terrible. I walk off the stage wanting to die. So now I'm really close to the stage and the next performer goes on and she sits down on the front of the stage and she has her guitar and she's singing her little song and it's so good. And all of a sudden she stops and goes, wait, I forgot what I was going to say. Then she goes, oh, wait, no, I didn't. And keeps playing like a fucking bitch. Damn, she (laughs) threw you under the fucking bus. I was standing right in front of her too. And it was so embarrassing. And everyone looked at me. And this is actually how I met the Veggie Bus people because everyone felt so fucking bad for me. I got offered all the marijuana. So yes, I have stage fright and it is a problem. Even telling the story, I'm like all shaky now. It's so funny. You don't appear as somebody that would have stage fright. Like I'm literally shaking. I could speak on a microphone in front of 2 million people. No problem. You're great. But put me in a room with people that I know and Mm -hmm. care about. I prefer the 2 million strangers. Like I haven't even really promoted this so hard. Same. Because the truth is I prefer strangers. (laughs) Because you feel more pressure, I think, when it's people you know. 
And even from just telling people that I'm doing a podcast, I never promoted anything we did online in my personal social media, Instagram. Yes, a little, but for the most part, it was all grown on YouTube. It's hard to have people that, you know, tapping into your, I guess we'd call this our personal life. Well, we're talking about shady stuff. You know, I'm talking about peeing my pants. It's not something I generally want people to know. I went to my friend's house the other day and I was so nervous that I'm going to pee my pants or something, I have to like put my coat down and sit on it. They sell pads for that. I mean, there's an easy <laughs> fix so if you really. <laughs> I don't want her to listen to this. And she's like, fuck that bitch peed Did on my couch. My <laughs> <laughs> bitch, you owe me a new couch. <laughs> it's like that Seinfeld episode. I'm turning into the guy from Seinfeld. I'm poppy peeing all over people's couches and shit. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> it's it's okay it's really okay and you got to do your kegels you know what i was listening to the dumb blonde podcast and she had on a doctor and i cannot remember the doctor's name but they have a practice in nashville area that does the vaginal rejuvenation they do all kinds of stuff and i really want to go there i feel like sonia morgan from housewives talked about one of these procedures didn't she a lot of people have had it done brandy glanville talks about it very extensively in her book mm. oh my goodness the other day i watched the comedy central roast of donald trump have you ever seen that no, but I want to. Yeah, it's so good. So I've seen one of the comedians on there who once roasted me on my bachelorette party, Jeffrey Ross. Oh my goodness, I was there. Yes, you were. And then he said sorry to me in the back, remember? Yes. Oh my goodness. He called you an anorexic alien. I was really sweet. <laughs> Star Trek anorexic, to be precise. Thank you. I did wear a weird headband that night on his defense. First of all, you didn't look like an anorexic alien or Star Trek or whatever. Oh, um, whatever. That's what happens, though, when you're sitting front and center in a comedy show. I was like five rows back. I know, but we were... We were in the game. We were being the loud Americans. We were definitely having a good time. Yeah, he was fucking around. He was funny as hell. And then afterwards, he's like, you know, I was just kidding. I think I smoked a cigarette with him, actually, is what happened. That's fine. <laughs> I'm willing to keep it real on the podcast. I know you hate cigarettes. I'm not trying to promote smoking. I don't even want to talk about it. Smoking is bad, kids. Don't smoke. So Jeff Ross was also on the dais of the roast of Donald Trump, but Mike, the situation was on the dais and his performance was so terrible. And it was, oh God, <laughs> he was definitely fucked up at the time. You could tell he's like wasted and, oh, it's old. Yeah. Yeah. But he's so wasted and his thing is so fucking bad. It makes you want to die for him. Like how cringy it is. People are not laughing. He bombed so terribly bad. And then Jeff Ross gets up. Just let him do his thing, people. Oh. That hurts when you're like, come it's on, the, the next sentence yeah. has to be a little funny. The delivery, the jokes, everything was terrible. We saw Jeremy <laughs> Piven recently. Yes. And oh man, I was really thoroughly enjoying the show. And then something switched in him and he actually started crying about his mom. So I think he ended the show early and everybody in our group was just like, dude, let's give him a fucking pass. Yeah. This guy was going through it. I don't know. Maybe he got bad news about his mom. I don't know what happened, but you never started talking about his mom and he just, it's keeping it real. He kept it real. He brought out a big ass bottle of 1942 <laughs> and he's like, anybody drinking tequila in here tonight? And here comes my American self. 
tequila. <laughs> and so they're like, give her some. So he came, I put my glass up. He poured me some very smooth 1942 tequila, but he gave me the little eye contact and I felt for him. He was keeping it real. And mm -hmm. anybody that keeps it real in my book, in my eyes is a winner. It makes it very humanizing too. I think it's important yeah. for people to see real emotion, especially coming from a man who is really big in the industry, has been very successful in his life. It's very humanizing. Life is hard. Yes. I try to understand that everybody's human. We're all trying to just survive. The last episode was titled Celebrities, They Aren't Like Us. Is this one titled Celebrities, They Are Like Us? <laughs> Speaking of which, by the way, the poll from the last episode uh, overwhelmingly was in favor of Crocs. So you lost that one, Co. Oh, that's okay. I'm not trying to put them out of business. You will not catch me wearing Crocs, but shout out to you if you like it and you keep it real and you wear them. I have an idea. Let's say once we reach 100,000 listens, you should wear Crocs out in public somewhere, maybe to a nightclub. No, hell no. <laughs> they wouldn't let you in. I'll go to a nightclub by you and I'll wear them. Rude. I started Firefly Lane. What is that? It is a book that I read in a book club that I had years ago. Ooh, book club. I love a book club. Let's start a book club. I'll start one. We read and listen to a lot of books, so we could start a book yeah, club. Yeah, I love books. It was a good book, and now I'm watching this. There's two seasons out. I'm on season one. Catherine Heigel's in it. I love her. I've loved you since you were in My Father the Hero years ago with Gerard Depardieu. She's in 27 Dresses, Knocked Up, Grey's Anatomy. I guess she was in that for a long time. The mm -hmm. Ugly Truth. I don't think I saw that one. But apparently I have read things that she can be a little difficult to work with, Ooh. which I hate saying that because, again, <laughs> I know you always hate this. You're like, no, it's not a gender thing. But when you get labeled something <laughs> like that, it sucks for women. Would she get labeled? She's difficult to work with. That she's difficult to work with. I've heard that about JLo too. I once shopped at a store in Miami and the, the person working there was telling me that she shopped there and she was so rude. Really? But I, there's times I've shopped in Target and I'm so rude. So everyone has a bad day. But one of my philosophies in life is you can really tell a lot about a person with how they treat people. I like to over tip. I like to over compliment. Mm -hmm. Even when the waiter's not doing a good job at all, I still will like make excuses like, well, I put dressing on the side and mm -hmm. no onions. And it's really fucking annoying to have to type that in a screen when you have a group of picky eaters, which yep. South Florida has oh my goodness. an atrocious amount of it's those exhausting kinds of people. going out to dinner with a group of 20 women, Ugh. the ordering process in Miami every time. I've only been to a couple. You do this all the time, but it's the worst. It drives me crazy. <laughs> it, but is it okay if you do what I do and I'll look at the waiter or waitress mm -hmm. and I'll just say, I'm so sorry. Like, I know I'm a <laughs> pain in the ass. You. Yeah, they still hate you. I've worked as a server. Yeah. Just, and I'll try to minimize it so much, but there's so many things I can't eat. So, I'm not trying to be a pain in the ass. I think because Miami is notorious for that, it's okay. But you can't do that here. They would be like, no. <laughs> right. Sorry, we can't make any modifications. But like Miami, it's just such a, it's a culture thing. Everyone wants it the way that they want it. And I feel so bad for the staff because it's such a mission. I worked as a server. I was a cocktail mm -hmm. waitress. 
It's the worst. It's a hard job. So let's give a little credit to waiters and waitresses. And they're not paid a living wage. They rely very heavily on tips. Yeah. You know, I was in the service industry for a really long time. Sometimes you get sat a bunch of people all at once. I still have nightmares about it where I can't get the drinks to a certain table. I can't. Oh, these people, it's the worst. Yeah, it's it's really hard. Then you're dealing with assholes too a lot of times that just there's so many dirty men out there and I will genderize it. A woman never made me feel like a prostitute while I was waiting tables, but men have. I've had my ass grabbed so many times. I've been slipped little pieces of paper, weird sexual drawings and stuff. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Terrible shit. See, but this is what like shapes certain people. I've never had weird drawings as a waitress Mm -hmm. and I didn't mind doing a little flirting if I was going to get an extra tip. But that's the thing. That's part of it, you know? And you know that. I was like an actress. I would just try to be like extra friendly, but nobody ever touched my ass or I didn't have that experience. So I'm sorry Mm -hmm. you had that experience. I did have like... Like douchey. Yeah. One guy served a table too. He was like, what kind of car do you drive? And how do you drive the same car as me? It was like so weird. It's like, bitch, I fucking work. I have a lot of jobs. I was teaching dance classes. I was emceeing events. This was before I was a mother and I was a you hustler. You always had three jobs at least. I always had a hundred jobs. I mm-hmm. it's I don't know if it's a culture thing, the way my mom raised me. My mom yeah. always worked really hard. She taught us mm-hmm. to work really hard. I've been working since a very young age. So my work ethic is strong. So anybody that's going to work with me is going to know I'll give my 150%. I can vouch to that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really work hard. I, I yep. really try to put my entire soul out there because I'm not going to do a half-assed job. That's a reflection of my personality. So mm-hmm. yeah. And I actually thought of you today because I cut my little shirt over here. Oh. Because I told you I wanted to become a minimalist. So I started going through my clothes and I was going to get rid of a few shirts. And I'm like, you know what? I'm bringing back the scissors. I love that. You should start making some reels on Instagram of you cutting clothing. You could be the new DIY maven. I don't think so. You know, mine is it's like, take a shirt, grab a scissor, and then have an uneven cut shirt. Done. (laughs) I love that. I love it. It has like a little slant going down. I actually like that. It's not like Corinne's thread banger. No, mine is slanted right now. I cut this one too. Oh, you... And you're wearing a shirt that says, I will cut you. Facts. <laughs> and I am so sorry to cut you short, but oh. I do have childhood pickup today. Wow. Yeah, See? I'm so sad. Corinne, both Corinne's bring in the puns though. I like it. And on that beat, as always, thank you so much for listening. We are so excited that you're here. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast feed wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure to DM us your topic suggestions to at Hot Coco Show on Instagram. And until next time, keep it fucking real. Keep it real. And L, we're going to still keep learning things about ourselves. So stay tuned. Thanks, L. You're one L of a listener. sorry (laughs) that was good love you co love you co bye bye